0: Welcome to The Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with The Good News, here's Angie. Hello there, friend. Angie Austin here, along with the academic entrepreneur, author, speaker, professor, Dr. Cheryl Lentz. Hello, friend.
1: Hello, hello, hello. It's
0: very nice to talk with you. All right, so you have a new old book to discuss with us, so let's start there.
1: I do. I was on the Zoom call with a friend of mine who lives in Amsterdam and he knows some of the things that I like about leadership and courage and he recommended something from 2003. It's called The Power of Insight: Finding the Courage to Connect in Business. Now back in 2003, the word courage was not used in business, particularly by a woman because this is by Ingrid Spronk and Thomas Beerpoort. So these are international authors from Amsterdam. Wow. And she is probably one of the few women back in 2003 that were able to use the word courage in the leadership context because that's the first time we've ever seen this. I mean, now you'll see some of it, but the connection of the two of where it means to be courageous as a leader is not always something that we think of in the boardroom. We think of it on the military battlefield.
0: Ah, All right. So what are the things uh, that stood out to you uh, regarding the book? And give us the title again.
1: It's The Power of Insight, finding the courage to connect in business. Okay. I'm only about, oh, I'd say about a third of the way through this. But I like the idea is looking at the idea of courage. A friend of mine, and the reason this came up, is he did his dissertation on courage. I've never known anyone to do a dissertation on courage. And it yeah, was the, really you know, immediately comes to mind as the Wizard of Oz, right? You know, when you're looking at the lion and, yeah. and having the courage and all of that. But the fact that we don't talk about love in the boardroom, we don't talk about court courage in the boardroom. And yet it's awfully courageous when you have to be the lone wolf in that boardroom and say, yeah, you know, I don't think so. And I've got a different opinion. And to stand up instead of just saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, I'm being a yes man or yes woman in the one world so you don't – so you're not afraid of you know rocking the boat. We've talked about this. Is there are times where – I know the better part of valor is live to fight another day so I don't get fired by perhaps speaking up and being too courageous, even as a professional educator, that I could get fired for certain things that are just beyond the tolerance of certain educational institutions. And they shouldn't be, particularly in higher ed. So I think this is an interesting topic for us to look at is the importance and the use of courage in the boardroom.
0: You know, I um, I I I. I think courage is something that's often overlooked in a business because you've got so many things when you go into business yourself or even if you're leading a big group and you're working for, you know, a corporation, you know, because you've got now all kinds of discrimination uh, things to worry about, Uh, safety, um, time off, sick time, family leave time, you know, problems with, you know, uh, financial issues, customer service, uh, innovation, you know, are you, are you, uh, you know, getting up to speed in terms of your technology? I mean, There's a lot of pressure involved with running a business. So actually, I've often thought of fear as being something that keeps you from, you know, getting into business on your own or making risky decisions that might benefit your company. Uh, But I never thought about the flip side of that, you know, having the courage to do all of this.
1: Well, I know it's been scary as a business owner with COVID because a lot of discretionary income, which is where I play in the space of being a publisher and an editor, as a lot of folks were looking just to pay the bills, you know, the the rent, the food, um, being home, sometimes jobs relocating and just managing all of that, Mm -hmm. that my income took a bit of a hit and it was a bit of a scary idea. And a lot of businesses went out of business because they couldn't sustain that hit. I'm limping along and I'm struggling and now things are improving to be able to, you know, people are now freeing up the pocketbook and understanding a little bit more about the value of publishing. And so I have a few more projects that are now on the horizon, which is helpful, but it gets a little scary like that. And the idea is to what do you allow fear to do? Is fear going to stop you or is courage going to help you? And I know sometimes
0: for somebody listening, they're like, oh, well, what, what can you help me with, Cheryl? Like um, when you talk about publishing, so if someone wants to write a book, they contact you. Like, what are the things that you help people with in terms of your business?
1: Sometimes it's a little bit of helping them conceive the idea. Uh, I know a lot of people have been talking about writing books for years, and they've not written their first one yet. I've written 52, so I have a little experience in that. I have. Um, you and Jim Stovall, man. Exactly. It it helps when you own the company. It also helps when you're an academic professor, because that's what we're expected to do.
0: Yeah. But I I have to pick you because your grammar is so good. You articulate yourself so well. You know how to express, you know, a a long thought, you know, in a manner that really, you know, uh, works for me. Like I connect with you intellectually and also like, and you want to pick someone that you respect and you think you admire their intelligence and their, uh, their skills.
1: Well, and it's helpful because I've been a college prof for 22 years. I edit papers for a living. So a lot of what I do tends to be an outgrowth of this. And I wanted to change the business model, actually. And that's why I started my companies, because I didn't care for how um, publishing was done in academia. And I was really querying this, going, and y'all are OK with this? Really? And it's just an interesting thing. So I started my company because I got mad and I wanted to change things. And now I've been around for 15 years and have the awards and now the experience. But it really now has shifted to a being a platform for people who have something to say. Yeah, And we read a lot of books and you and I have talked about books almost since we met and yes. I must go through two or three of them a week. And that's that, that whole introducing new ideas. And this is the one thing that I love from this book is what do you want to get out of your next relationships? What do you want to get out of your personal relationships? And the idea is what do you need to see and what do you need to make that connection? But that whole idea of the courage to see what's right in front of you and to do something about it. How many of us prefer to avoid because it's easier, right? Avoid writing that book. Avoid doing all kinds of things because it's just too difficult, too painful.
0: Yeah, too difficult. Yes. Yeah, as I've been told so many times to write a book. And uh, I still have my mom who's got the brains of all of the uh, – weird route we took to where we ended up in life. You know, I mean, I literally went, Cheryl, from, you know, low income housing and complete poverty to let's just say that I wouldn't have to work again if I didn't want to, you know, and so and we're very comfortable with kids and a a big home and lots of land. And that all came through really, really hard work. But um, the payoff is that security, you know, that I never had when I was a kid. Like if the Buick broke down, it might take all $360 we had in the bank account. And so that's why I worked full time all through high school and college is because I had to pay for my books, I had to pay for my classes, my clothes, my gas, my insurance, etc. Food. Um, So the book that we're discussing, if you're just joining us with Dr. Cheryl Lentz, and if you want to write a book and you've been thinking about it, com, she can help you. This one is The Power of Insight, Finding the Courage to Connect in Business. Now, do they mean connect as in start creating relationships? What do they mean by connect in business and how do we do it?
1: Part of it is looking at what you're first able to see, because as you started out the segment, we're looking at the ability of starting your own business is scary, because when you're starting your own business, you wear all of the hats in the business. When oh you my, usually my
0: are, ever, he put together cubes, he painted the wall, he exactly. bought the plants, he hung the pictures. I mean, it was everything.
1: And that's the hard part about making it And the the IRS, for example, will give you three years before you can turn your hobby into a business to actually show profit. But the challenge often comes is what happens in down years? What happens when people aren't spending money? Like, you know, it happened in COVID that things were shifting. You, you know, the, the entire restaurant industry and some restaurants didn't come back because they couldn't sustain two or three years without a business, without an income. Others found creative ways to be able to get it. So everybody gets to their path differently. And so I can appreciate your story because I just read an amazing story. Um, actually, what's it called? It's called A Man of His Time, one of the best top three books I've read in 15 years. I cried, I screamed, I was mad, I was angry, I was thrilled. And this gentleman's journey was just absolutely magical. And yet it was horrific at the same time. But it's amazing the inspiration you can have for what your story is, because others will look at you as the inspiration going, well, if Angie can do it, then anyone can do it, right? If I can do it, anyone can do it. Is that and it's- a novel, A Man of His Time? Yeah, it is by Steve Roskinkowski. Who is it by? It's it's Steve Roskinkowski, R-O-C-H-I-N-C-K-I. I I think it's – no, I'm sorry, Steve Roszynski. Gosh, please don't tell him I mispronounced his name. Um, He is one of the professor emeritus at the Berkeley School of Music, and it was very kind to ask me to read his book. And I'm just so – it's an award winner. And it is dark and it is you want to talk about coming from the not so nice part of town and some of the horrific things. And now he's one of the premier jazz musicians in the world. And he and I talk just like, you know, we'll have coffee somewhere. He's in Boston. And just to have access to some of these people and their stories, because you wonder how people got to where they are, just like you shared your story. Right. Uh I don't know how this man is still standing. I mean, quite frankly, I looked at his stuff and I'm sitting there literally crying as I'm reading this book. I've never been touched by a book so much other than since The Boys in the Boat. That was the other one that was like 15 years ago I read. And it just spoke to me in such a way because of the courage he had to keep showing up. I mean, living out of his car and dealing with abuse and and all these horrible things this man has. And I can't imagine writing a story about it, Mm -hmm. but that courage Because it inspires me now to have a relationship with him, to talk to him about a story, because there are some things in his book that I connect with. And it was just, wow, I applaud you offering this. I'm not above you or I'm not below you. I'm just ahead of you in the process. And we know when someone's ahead of us, they can offer us a hand up. And that's all being ahead of somebody in the process is all about Is We can kind of see where they've been and we know how to help them get there because we got ourselves there. That's my inspiration, but this book was just nothing short of amazing.
0: So the the, the power of insight. The other one we're talking about, finding the connect in business. I was reading a review about it, and they say uh, the enthusiasm in this book radiates. It's going to work miracles for organizations that need and do not shy away from a courageous and honest approach. So again, uh, give us some advice on how they say we achieve that. So they say they they seem to work miracles the moment you use these tools.
1: Well, it's very simple. It's also a very short book. Uh, I don't think, where is the book we're looking at? I'm all of 110 or 115 pages um, that it is. So it's a very short book, but what they're looking at is identifying who you are. Are you someone who's emotional or are someone who's rational? And you mentioned it that, you know, part of the segment is looking at the ability as a college professor, I tend to be more rational in my thinking, more oh, intellectual, totally. more analysis. Totally. However, there is an emotional side that is still pretty strong. And they give you some assessments of being able to say, well, do you make quick decisions? Do you make hurried decisions? Do you allow your emotions to overcome? And I've had to learn, remember those, those um, thou shalt not send an email when you're emotional, right? And I didn't learn that early in my career, or you hit the reply all, and certain things you can't walk back. And so you have to look at how your processes is, and to have the courage to know thyself, and to recognize when you've been triggered, particularly with me emotionally, and there's certain things that still do it, that you you take a time out, you put yourself out, you, you get off stage to live to fight another day, so that you can spend the time to think about not how you are re- reacting, because that's the emotional part, we have to honor our feelings and our honor our emotions, but realize we might not want to act on them in that moment, because we don't often make the clear path for judgment when we're emotional. So this book is trying to be able to give you a a really sound assessment of where you find yourself and your decision-making capability to help you move more effectively forward and to have the courage to say, yeah, I'm an emotional mess sometimes. And you and I have talked about the whole dating thing. I can do brilliant things with my students. Dating, not a chance.
0: That is hilarious. And living with three teenagers, um, just seeing their emotions. My son and I have dubbed it the fireworks in his brain, you know, and and then, and then when he really, you know, like kind of hits that point where he can't control his emotions, we call it the, the lighter effect that it's like a lighter going off that he just like gets really I mean, he can calm down pretty quickly, but he just gets overly upset about things that I know the teenage brain overreacts to some degree and thinks everything is like the end of the world kind of thing. And well, there's so, also the
1: lack of impulse control. And yeah. we've learned that as we get older. Yes. And we learned not to go off like half-cocked, right? We right. know not to throw the grenade in the room and watch people. And then we know not to be the mean girls. Because it. research will tell us we do get more socially intelligent. We do become more ethical as we learn and as yes. we get older. The problem is it's traumatic sometimes getting there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lentz.com. We'll be right back. And again, if you're interested to in write a book, you've thought about it, you can always get in touch with her, DrSherylLentz.com. Um, And if you want to reach out to Cheryl or any of my guests and you don't remember their websites, AngieAustin.org, AngieAustin.org. Ours are pretty easy because it's our names. All right. When we come back, I've got a couple of uh, uh, powerful life lessons if you're going to uh, uh, succeed in life. All right. We'll be right back with the good news.
2: Thanks for tuning in to KLTT, the mighty 670. This spring, visit your local ARC instead of the dumpster. When you find items that you no longer want or need, don't throw them in the garbage. You could be donating all of those used items to help people with disabilities, specifically in your local community. Your donation helps disabled people of all ages to benefit from special education assistance through the ARC University program. It offers a variety of classes like Spanish, social media safety, fitness, and more. Make a mental note to throw that bag in your car and not the trash. Not only does your donation free up space in your home, but it also helps free up space in the landfills. And at the end of the day, you'll know you contributed to your local community. When you start your spring cleaning this season, help people with disabilities and keep trash out of the environment at the same time. Donate to Arc Thrift Stores, where what would have been trash becomes treasure. Visit for hours and directions hey friend angie austin here with the good news
0: talking with dr alexis parker uh, we speak with her quite often about anti-aging she's with lazare that is her office alexis md she has great skin skin products and she does a lot of anti-aging techniques and eye procedures and i have been going there for about 20 years welcome dr parker Thank you. It's good to be here. Hey, I know we're good friends, but I don't know if you know this, but I, I have a real admiration for you, too, because you've told me things over the years that have really impressed me. And I'll never forget when you said uh, that when you went to medical school, your dad was like, oh, great, you can meet a husband, because it was an era when not many women were going to medical school.
3: Right. You know, you said maybe when you're a doctor, someone will
0: marry you. Oh, <laughs> And here you are, all these years later. You've been an ER doc, and now you have your own practice. And it just makes me single. Yeah, it's single. (laughs) I guess you're married to your medical career. Yeah, something like that. That Corrects me. But the other thing that I think is cool is a lot of the people, I have another mentor who's written, I think, 55 books now. His name is Jim Stovall. And he went blind right before he was going to play professional football. So he's like, well, I'm blind. I guess I can be an Olympic weightlifter. And then he started his own movie company. And he's uh, got his eighth movie, I think, coming out or he's done eight movies. Anyway, oh like God. you, he's always learning something new. And you uh-huh. are going to Pilates and you're working out and you're taking French classes. I love that. Have you always wanted to just continue, you know, using your mind?
3: Uh, um, I I don't know because I've never stopped
0: yeah i mean you're always learning new techniques new lasers new procedures you're always studying up on things you always have so much information i mean even when my son had something on his skin you're like "Ooh, ask the doctor what it was because you saw it and you like you get a kick out of like seeing it and diagnosing it and knowing what to treat it with and you wanted to see what the other doctor thought i just thought that was interesting
3: yes i always i always want to learn new things it's just who i am i guess
0: And I think that's why you've stayed kind of on the cutting edge of anti-aging. And you have... This is what you've been doing to, to look young, and people can Google Dr. Alexis Parker and see what you look like, and you look a good 20 years younger than you are physically, you know, shape-wise and face-wise, and uh, I've done some non-invasive procedures with you. Last week, we talked about the uh, fat-freezing technique that gets rid of fat uh, called cool CoolSculpting, uh, and this yes. week, I wanted to talk a little bit about evoke. It's a procedure that I've done six sessions, and it's completely painful. Painless, and I'll explain all that after Dr. Parker explains what it does. But it's kind of like tightened up the skin on my face. Is that right?
3: Yes, it, um, it stimulates the connective tissue under the skin. And when we heat that connective tissue, it shrinks. So it tightens the face and it also stimulates new collagen growth.
0: Now, one of the nurses was mentioning uh, that she also wanted to take some pictures of me a little bit later because she says it keeps working like after you've done the procedures. Oh, yes. It probably keeps working for at least um, six months. So I could look my best in six months and it takes like several years off your face, I would say. Um I just saw the pictures for my sixth procedure and no time had uh, passed since I took those six. I didn't wait like a month after the sixth procedure. Right. And that's what you recommend. And I did under my chin because I have a little bit of a double chin and then kind of my cheeks. And I was really surprised on my front, my frontal view of my face. It really thinned uh-huh. out my face.
3: Yes, it did. And that's the area where it tightens. So the lateral face under the skin is a, a connective tissue system called the SMAS and when a plastic surgeon does a facelift they cleat all of that tissue to shrink it and we shrink it with evoke
0: and I have to say I was kind of surprised because I have done procedures that were very unpleasant or I got numbed for there's no numbing Mm -hmm. in fact I've fallen asleep almost every time I've come in to do it um I do my chin and then my cheeks or vice versa. It is warm right. on my cheeks, but that's about it. They gradually heat it up on my cheeks. It, so there's a warmth. And then there is like a pulse that goes through to the. I can't even feel the pulse or the heat on, under my chin. Like when I do my little double chin area down there, I feel, mm-hmm. t- to be honest with you, absolutely nothing.
3: That's good. That's what
0: we want you to feel. Nothing. And you have an maybe on- a
3: little warmth.
0: Yeah. Well, not even that. I mean, I can't. And with the cheeks, I, I can feel that, but it doesn't hurt. And then you gradually warm it up. And then, you know, the nurse will check with me and say, you know, how's that? How's that? How's that? And then once they get it to full heat, which is what I had it on almost every time I've done the procedure, um, it's not unpleasant or painful. And then I just fall asleep in the chair or listen to my headphones and then explain to people like, um, how how long you leave it on those two sections, or you can just do one. Like if you only want to do it under your chin, you don't have to do your cheeks too. Uh, explain how long you leave it on, and how many times you recommend we do it, etc.
3: So currently, we're recommending that you leave it on between thirty and forty five minutes, depending on your facial structure. If you have really thin skin, thin face, we would start out with a lower time setting, and and then we gradually increase the radio frequency we bring the skin up to a temperature of at least 41 to 43 degrees because that's where you get collagen remodeling and that's where you get the tightening that occurs and that's very well established in medicine um, but so we want to maintain that heat for a minimum of 30 minutes um, but when there's more soft tissue to go through we will turn it up for longer and as people tolerate it more we we increase the treatment time because we want people to get the best results possible. Um, typically we do six sessions, one every week for six weeks. Occasionally somebody will meet, miss a, a few days or miss a week, but we can pick up again at 10 or 12 or 14 days. Um, I don't think that you really lose that much, but people want to get their results as soon as possible. So for that reason we do it weekly. And I always say that once skin starts, once you start that healing Once you get that healing stimulation, you want to maintain it.
0: And there are procedures that you can do that are not invasive, like a facelift, but, you know, might involve a laser or something else that, um, you know, you need to be numbed for, et cetera. This is nothing like that. So I was kind of surprised. Um, I always joke with you that I wouldn't do anything to my face if it weren't for you, because I I don't really pay that much attention to it. (laughs) And then when I come into you, you're like, oh, let's try this. So when you suggested this... um, I don't know, I since it didn't hurt at all, I guess I had low expectations or I'm like, how can this work? But I was really surprised when I saw my final pictures and I thought it would be more under my chin, which I do notice, or like my jowls along my chin line, but I couldn't believe how uh-huh. much thinner my face was like uh, head on.
3: Right. Well, that's because it's tightening that tissue over the what we call the SMAS on the lateral face.
0: The SMAS. I like Um, that. And and
3: I you know, I I was a little bit skeptical when when I first saw this device until we actually had it and we tried it and we, we found that we could get results. Because to get results with no pain, no preparation, no downtime is pretty unusual.
0: It is. It and is. You unusual. You're right. And right. to have like no marks on your skin, no bruising, mm-hmm. no, no burning or, you know, lasery look. Um, then the other thing besides evoke, that's what I'm doing right now. Evoke, E-V-O-K-E. I'm almost done with my sessions. And uh, I usually do 45 under my chin, just in case people are curious about, you know, how I do it and all. Uh, and my son, though, just started something that you and your son actually, actually suggested because I know your kid, you know, my kids or your, your kids. Um, right. Right. I, um, uh, he's starting, you know, a teenager kind of insecure about starting to get blackheads and pretty decent skin overall, but blackheads are just kind of gross. He plays a lot of sports and, uh, you suggested a hydrofacial, which he had one of them. It's kind of funny because I find them to be pleasant. Do you find them to be pleasant? Yeah,
3: what did he think?
0: Okay, this is so funny. This is a kid who's young never...
3: boys, you know, they, they're they not used to having their faces touched. Yes, okay, so
0: my my explanation of a hydrofacial is a little cool but pleasant, and the whole thing is pretty calming, you know, I, I feel like. Right. And I don't know, I feel refreshed when I'm done his experience with the hydrofacial, which is, you know, cleaning up his skin and getting rid of the blackhead getting rid of the blackheads, just cleaning it up overall. He said, Mom, you know those brushes they use on the grill? I said, Yeah, the wire brushes. <laughs> it's it better. He goes, It felt like she had a tiny barbecue grill brush that she was scrubbing my nose with. I'm like, Are you serious? it's a hydrofacial, like it doesn't hurt at all. He goes, Oh, it was like a barbecue brush on my nose.
3: They were probably getting those blackheads out in that because that's a little bit of suction. It, it's exactly. really not rubbing or irritating. It's, it's just really suction.
0: That's what I told him. Um. I said, you know, they're sucking stuff out of your face, right? Like they're getting rid of <laughs> And I could tell when he was done. It takes you know several sessions to like completely get rid of it. But I could tell after right. the first session it looked better. What do you recommend for people when they come in for hydrofacials? And what else are they used for besides getting rid of blackheads?
3: well we use them to exfoliate the skin hydrofacial will uh stimulate a little bit of collagen growth but the the steps in the hydrofacial first of all we we cleanse the skin deep cleanse it and then it softens it softens the, the tissues on the face and it'll soften the blackheads so then we can suck them out but it really i always say that it's like a well many people have had microdermabrasions but this is with serums so it's not that scratchy gritty sensation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is just serums that were deep cleaning hydrating and exfoliating so the hydrofacial does quite a bit we can add things like a uh, bleach to um, get rid of you know pigment um we can also add um, cell stimulators for increased collagen growth so the hydrofacial and most most adult women think it's pretty comfortable, yeah. and afterwards you have a very you, your skin just glows because it's so beautifully hydrated.
0: Yeah, your gal said that he had great skin, and uh, it did look pretty good when he was done. And he is coming back, so we can't be too terrified. So we're coming. That's kind of funny. Uh-huh. We're doing like a, a mother son um, a treatment at Laizer. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful.
3: <laughs> we have a lot of mother-daughters. I love that we have a mother-son
0: doing uh, treatments. Yeah, I, I think you know, it was unusual for him. But, you know, for a, a teenage boy, or for anyone for that matter, but especially a teenage boy, to to kind of nip the skin problems in the bud as you start having them, and then you don't have those big acne issues, you know, if you kind of do the caretaking. And you've got really great products. So we got him, like, the scrub for his face, and you've got the cleanser and everything. So all of those things. It's kind of like a one-stop shop for anti-aging at laser with dr parker um also last week we talked about cool sculpting and that's where you um basically freeze the fat cells and you can get rid of some of the fat so it's a good time of year to look into that and uh, if you call the office you'll probably get jesse he's my buddy that works the front uh but if not (laughs) uh, you'll get a kick out of jesse if you get him but go ahead and give us your website dr parker and also your phone number
3: so our website is L-A-S-A-I-R dot com. Um, my other website is alexismd.com. dot com. That's my skincare products. And I did want to say that um, you asked what the hydrofacial after we get your son's skin really clean and on the skincare products he won't need the hydrofacials anymore. Oh. I mean, you know, he's not going to come in like an adult woman and do a hydrofacial every month to keep his skin gorgeous. Um although men are doing more and more of that all the time.
0: Yeah, I've noticed men um, coming so, through there.
3: Yeah. Mhm. So the websites are laser.com and alexismd.com. That's my skincare line. And we also have a, um, we're on Instagram, Dr. Wrinkle Wizard, and we are also on, we have over a hundred YouTube videos. So the YouTube videos are a great place to start educating yourself about things that you can do to look
0: and feel better. And the YouTube videos, like different procedures you're thinking about, they'll show you how they're done. And what is the channel? How do they find that?
3: that's laser aesthetic health once you get to the aesth part of it it'll come up and then you can search whatever uh type of procedure that you're thinking of you can then search that on our on our channel
0: excellent or you can call 303-782-5082 303-782-5082 thanks dr parker you're
3: welcome thanks Andrew. good talking to you take care
0: Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM 670 KLTT.